0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best run businesses run SAP.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers, you know you're in the right place. I tell you that every time and it's always true. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. Oh, we have a gratitude buzz. The buzz is thank you, Bill. Thank you, Gary. What is she talking about? Well, let's do a little historical look up here. Bill Gates observed in 1996, I know even you millennials probably were alive then, he said, content is king. And that became a mantra, a buzzword, a byword, a words to live by for internet marketers and those practicing SEO search engine optimization. Wow, content is king. Well, let's dial it forward. Let's see, about 16 years to 2012. And appearing on the landscape was e-marketing master in the wine field, Gary Vaynerchuk, finally known as Gary V. He upped the ante. He said, if content is king, then context is God. Well, it sounds religious, but maybe that's exactly what happened. Aha. So let's look at what you're doing, what you do with your content. And that means you have to share the right content with the right contact at the right time. That turns out to be the key to building your brand, to developing trusted, long-term, sustainable, ongoing relationships, and to impacting your buyer's journey to your competitive advantage. I know it's a lot of pressure. First, you're worried about getting the right content. Now you have to worry about what you do with it and when you do with it. How do you get all of these rights right from the start. We have a panel of experts who are going to help us figure this out. Let me just tell you who's on the panel and then I will introduce them. First up, we're delighted to welcome back Hillary Carter. She spells her first name with one L. She's the founder of Intuned One Word Communications, a strategic communications company that consults to businesses, individuals, and community-based organizations on social media. And joining Hillary on the panel is a newcomer to Game Changers Radio. It's Sherelle Robinson Hyphen Brown. And her first name is C-H-A-R-R-E-L-E. She not only has a Twitter handle, but a Twitter hashtag with her name C H A. J-R-R-E-L-E. She's the Director of Digital Experience who supports social selling in the experiential marketing and strategic programs division at SAP. That's a long title. Delighted to have Sherelle here for the first time. And rounding out the panel is the series sponsor, Kirsten Boylow You all know Kirsten well. She's a director of digital startup leading the SAP social business and social selling initiatives for SAP Global Marketing. So there, great panel. Now let's start off with a quote from Hillary Carter. Hillary has brought a very interesting quote to the table. The quote is, sharks act calmer. When they listen to ACDC. Let me just leave that there for a second before I asked her to explain why she brought that to us. I Googled it, and it turns out this was from an article uh, in uh, by Kai, K A I Ma. M.A. That's going to be a word you want to listen to, a name. From June 6, 2011, and here's the article. The Great White Shark, that toothy, aggressive predator known for its man-eater depiction in the movie Jaws, has long been a source of fascination. But when it comes to musical preferences, Great White Sharks are just like the 50 million plus humans who turned ACDC's Back in Black into one of the best-selling albums of all time. I guess that meant the sharks were buying the albums. They're fans. According to Australian news outlet ABC, Matt Waller... A tour operator in Neptune Bay, Australia, discovered that great white sharks act more calmly when listening to music by ACDC, the Australian heavy metal band that reached its peak during the 1980s. He says when they put underwater speakers in the tank, the sharks become more investigative, more inquisitive, and a lot less aggressive. They came past in a couple of occasions when we had the speaker in the water and rubbed their face along the speaker, which was really bizarre. I'm going to stop there. Hillary. Hilary Carter, welcome to Game Changers. How have you been? Thanks. I've been just great, Bonnie. I'm delighted to be back on the show. It's such a great program, and I'm glad you like the quote about uh, the sharks. I adore the quote. Now, tell me, we're talking about content. Content is king. Context is God, according to Gary V. So how do we get sharks listening to heavy metal in this mix? Talk to me, Hillary. Well, what I found really interesting about this Article, um, which you
2: rightly said was in Australian Geographic, and it was also covered in Time Magazine and on ABC News. It really demonstrates uh, the a couple of things. It connected to me on a on a level about social listening, and that if we are open to listening more, we can discover new things. And even in some cases, when we're exposed to certain content, it can induce behavior change. And sometimes that happens in a very positive way and I think that's relevant for uh, social media use and social selling that by listening by opening ourselves up to new mm-hmm. opportunities we can um, become that we can change that that we can become more inquisitive we can ad- adopt more positive behaviors. And the fact of the matter is that the sharks, they did a number of tests about which songs were appealing, and they experimented. They did A-B testing. And that's really important as we are developing our own content strategies that it's certain content that appeals, and we have to know our audiences. What is it about these songs that appealed to the sharks? And they, through experimenting, discovered that it was two songs in particular Back in black, and you shook me all night long. That <laughs> that uh, demonstrated these positive behaviors in the sharks, where they rubbed against the speakers, and they became less aggressive.
1: Hilary, that. I was going to say that may have been one of the best quotes ever on, th- on over a thousand Game Changers <laughs> shows. I have to tell you, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Thanks
2: so much. Yeah, I was re- I was going for something different because uh, this is, uh, I think, my fourth time on the show, and I mm-hmm. thought I want to shake it up a little bit. But you be did. able to draw some parallels as well for the business community. And what was really exciting is in this process of experimentation with with I'll call it content. I'm going to call this music content. Mm-hmm. Um, divers learned something new. They learned that music and not bait was able to attract sharks in a much less aggressive way. And mm-hmm. so they've got a new process in place that is more eco-friendly. You're not feeding the sharks, you're you're just attracting them, and it's safer for the divers involved because the sharks act in a less aggressive way. So in, in understanding our audiences and listening to them and observing our audiences and watching how they interact with certain types of content, we're able to adapt our processes and methodologies in a more constructive way. So those are, it's just a high-level um, application of how we can all behave differently, perhaps on, on multimedia channels, for the benefit of our audiences and our businesses.
1: Thank you, Hillary. And I'm going to pick up on something in the quote from Mr. Waller. He says, the sharks became more investigative, more inquisitive, and a lot less aggressive. I'm going to just uh, come right here and say that I think that is a parallel to we humans who are on social media, that we become investigative. We look. We search. Isn't it true that I've heard estimates between 74 and 90% of the typical B2C buyer's journey happens online. We're curious. We're looking. We're searching. We love to put in search terms. We love to Google things. We love to go and look for things on Twitter. And so the inquisitiveness, the investigativeness means, I believe, that we are out there receptive to content when we find it. it is it easy to find? Is it relevant? Does it speak to us? Does it answer a need? Does it teach us something? Am I hitting all the right buttons here, Hillary? Do you agree? Oh, I- absolutely where where i feel we need to grow is
2: in the adoption of these tools and a willingness demonstrating a willingness to go there where our our natural curiosity is is gratified on these networks what i find incredible is uh, a resistance still today to business teams using these tools for investigative purposes or listening to audiences to better understand what their needs are and how they can meet them. And I think it's still a job to communicate what the value of these tools is and how rewarding a space they can be uh, if only we engage in a, in a constructive and strategic way, which is really all about listening and, and being present and with two ears and, and not necessarily posting something, posting content that we have to say, but rather listening to what our audience is are saying and working with them collaboratively.
1: Exactly. Inside, no, sharks do not have ears, nor do they have long hair, but they still love ACDC. On that, I will rest my case. Thank you, Hillary. Great opening. <laughs> and now let's bring on Sherelle Robinson-Brown, uh, Director of Digital Experience who supports social selling at SAP. And Sherelle has brought us a wonderful quote from Yo-Yo Ma. Yo-Yo Ma, born the same birthday as me, October 7th. Woohoo! He's a little <laughs> bit younger. He's a little bit younger, but not that much, actually. He's a Chinese-American cellist born in Paris, spent his schooling years in New York City. He was a child prodigy performing from the age of five. Oh my goodness, I wonder what distracted him until five. He graduated from Juilliard and Harvard University, and he has performed as a soloist with orchestras around the world as well as a recording artist. His 90-plus albums have received 18 Grammy Awards. He's also a UN Messenger of Peace since 2006. He's won the National Medal of Arts in 2001, the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011, and the Polar Music Prize in 2012. What's most interesting to me before I read the quote, Jarrell, is that at a young age, Yo-Yo Ma began studying violin and later piano and viola, and he settled on the cello at age four, but he, yes, he had to switch to uh, the double bass due to its large size. He had to compromise and pick up the cello because he was only four. But what I want to say was when he was eight, he appeared on American TV with his sister, Doctor, now Dr. Yo Yocheng Ma, in a concert conducted by Leonard Bernstein. And in 1964, Isaac Stern introduced the brother and sister on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. What What resonates with me is that I know his sister, Dr. Young yo Cheng Ma. She and her husband, the guitarist Michael DeDap, are the founders of the Children's Orchestra Society of Long Island, and they have brought some of their very talented young performers on my TV show several times. So I'm delighted that you picked up this quote from Yo-Yo Ma. A lot of good memories there. Sherelle picked this quote. Passion is one great force that unleashes creativity. Because if you're passionate about something, then you're more willing to take risks. Sherelle Robinson-Brown, thank you for letting me give this long intro to your quote. I love the <laughs> quote. How are, how are you, Sherelle? So nice to have you on the show.
3: Delighted to be on the show, Bonnie. Thank you so
1: much for having me. And thanks to, to Kirsten for having me as well. Absolutely. So talk to me. Are you a big fan of uh, the cello and of Yo-Yo Ma, or how did you find this quote? I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I'm a huge fan of classical music.
3: I was formerly a a violinist, first chair, first violin. I stopped playing in high school. So Yo-Yo Ma is a rock star in the classical arena. So that's why I picked the quote. Additionally, I've always been told from a young age that I was passionate and definitely a risk taker. So that quote resonated with me from that perspective as well. I'd rather apologize about doing something than wonder what would have happened if I did it. Um, so I think that passion and that risk-taking piece was the, um, you know, the ter- determining factors in helping me choose that quote. Um, the connection to the topic today is that mm-hmm. passion is pretty much a vested interest and a ton of knowledge about your audience, especially when dealing with content and social selling. So that passion, to me, translates into relevance. And, of course, you know that if content isn't relevant, then it won't be effective. So it's very similar to what Hillary just mentioned about being inquisitive and investigative. And, to me, that
1: passion will push you to strive for excellence. Thank you, Sherelle. Very thoughtful. And uh, tell me something. In order to come up with that content that is relevant and timely and meets a need of your readers of your listeners, if you will, Uh, do you need to have a passion about developing content? Do you need to have a passion for SEO? Do you need to have a passion for saying, hmm, what social channels are my customers and prospects on by their choice? Where do I need to make that content available? Does that take passion or just a heck of a lot of hard work and late nights? What's your thought? I think it takes both. I I think it takes hard
3: work and late nights, but passion is the thing that drives you To find out more about the process that your partners are going through. So when you have empathy in that, uh, in the area of what they're going through, you're passionate about curating the right content for them.
1: Thank you very much. Very thoughtful answer. And again, a pleasure to meet you, Sherelle. We're so happy to have you here. And now let's bring on the lady who keeps hearing her name mentioned. It's Kirsten Boyleau at SAP <laughs> Director of Digital Startup, supporting SAP social business and social selling initiatives. And Kirsten has brought us a quote from somebody I didn't even know existed. So thank you for that, Kirsten. It's Erin, a- spelled A-E-R-I-N, Rebecca Lauder Zinterhofer. And many of you may know her by just her name, which is now a brand in the cosmetics world, Aaron and A-E-R-I-N. She was born in 1970, another young one. She's an American heiress and businesswoman, the daughter of Joe Carol Lauder and Ronald Lauder. Her father served as a U.S. ambassador to Austria under President Ronald Reagan, and his father was also president of the World Jewish Congress. She is, here comes the link, everyone. She's the granddaughter of Estee Lauder and Joseph Lauder, co-founders of the cosmetics giant Estee Lauder companies. She graduated from University of Pennsylvania, worked in the family company during and after college, studied at University of Pennsylvania, uh, Annenberg School for Communication, and here's the deal. Lauder is the style and image director for the Estee Lauder companies and has her own cosmetic, perfume, fashion and furniture line named Erin, A-E-R-I-N. She also has a furniture and accessories collection. Of course she does. Here's the bottom line. She was born in 1970. She owns 16 million shares in Estee Lauder companies and she's worth a mere $1 billion as of November 2013. I have to check the latest numbers so here's the quote kirsten has selected and it's a great one from aaron lauder always stay curious curiosity instills creativity kirsten how have you been
4: i have been great bonnie it's been an awesome summer here in canada so yeah very good thank you yourself
1: Ah, uh, wonderful thank you i think is this really episode number 10 of the series kirsten is this really wrapping up your 10 episode uh, season for us i'm very sad is that true I think we have one more in September. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to that. I'll check my calendar. So we are wrapping up, and I'm going to put a little public pressure on you to, here to renew <laughs> for early 2017. No pressure, Kristen, because this is just too important a topic, social selling. We need to keep this, keep the party going, if you will, and keep getting you and, and excellent panelists like Hillary and Sherelle on. So talk to me. Always stay curious. Curiosity instills creativity. What part of this resonates with our topic about content and context in social selling?
4: Well, um, I just want to go back to actually something that both um, Hillary and Sherelle talked about was you know being creative and listening and using content to engage our customers and and you know when I first saw Hillary and Sherelle's, um quotes on our uh, meeting invite and I thought I really don't understand how Hillary is going to connect ACDC <laughs> and Shark but once <laughs> she laid it all out I was like wow that is fantastic, and it's very much to, you know, um, the whole creativity and, and, um, and curiosity, being able to um, really listen to our customers and understand what's going to be important to them and how they're going to engage and how they're going to respond so that we are creative with our content. And I, that's how it all fits together, to my mind. It, it really is... Um, by, by being curious about what our customer is going to make our customers uh, sit up and take notice, that's how we can be more creative with our uh, our content, with our engagement, with our um, relationships with our customers.
1: Thank you, Kirsten. Very, very interesting about this quote. Curious. Now, I've just described my interpretation of uh, what we talked about with Hillary Carter, the quote about ACDC and the Sharks, staying curious. Does this apply also, not not just to the the recipients of our content, but does this apply to the people who are creating the content? In other words, before you put something on social media, Kirsten, would you look and see, A, what the competitors are doing, B, where the main companies you want to pitch, the, the customers are. Curio- in other words, your curiosity in the prep work before you come up with the content and before you figure out where to put it. And then, of course, get creative about how you deliver that content. But do you think curiosity is something that's a key to the best social sellers rather than, oh, I'm going to put out 15 quotes today and 22 qu- tweets. And that's my quota and I've got to do it rather than, where is everybody? Where do I need to find them? What would it intrigue them, attract them? them, draw them, make them loyal to me. So do you think curiosity comes in on the part of the content creator? Oh, absolutely, uh, on both
4: on both sides, on the creator and on the content deliverer, um, because the creator needs to understand what's going to engage, the, the uh, deliverer needs to understand what's going to, what, what timing is going to be right to send out that right piece of content right, and, and in the right context. Um, making that connection to the to the person's um, situa- current situation, or you know something that they've shared on social, or where they've been mentioned in uh, the news, or something like that, to to really hit the right that person at the right spot at the right time in the right place and in the right
1: way. Did we say it can be fun? Did anybody say the word fun or exciting? Did Hillary say that, or Sherelle or Kirsten? Am I the first one to say that you can have actually fun doing this, Kirsten? What do you think? Is that a, is that part <laughs> of the I part of the job all, description?
4: Long in the last twenty shows. 20, I think this is number twenty-two, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and social selling is fun. It's why I love to get up in the morning and why I love what I do. It is the to me, it's one of the most thing, the most fun things you can do on a daily basis. You know, you get to interact with people, you get to meet new people all the time, learn really interesting stuff. And you're always engaged, and always, you know. Sometimes you do have to take a break because it can become overwhelming. But overall, it is a fantastic way to, to learn about new things uh, and to engage with new people and build new relationships and have fun with people and uh, and really uh, have really interesting conversations. I think it it can be so much fun. I agree.
1: And I think yes, that's it's a message. Definitely fun. Go ahead. Um, this
3: is your wrap. This is Terrell. It's definitely Mm -hmm. fun. I don't do things that are not fun, and I've been working with social selling for about six months, and I absolutely love it. Um, Life is too
1: short, so if it's not fun, I'm not engaged at all. (laughs) I I like that personal endorsement. Hillary, you want to say something, Hillary? Hillary here, I agree wholeheartedly
2: that you are more successful when you're able to have a little bit of fun in the process. And when... When you're authentic and when you're engaged and when you're having a good time, it's incredible how things come together. And when we're, when part of the exciting opportunity is when we're able to connect emotionally with our audiences, if we're able to make mm-hmm. people laugh, if we're able to connect on, a, on an emotional level, our content is that much more memorable. And I believe strongly that when you're, you're able to change people's minds when you connect to their hearts and have some fun, and make it human, and make it real, and have a great time in the process.
1: And and what I'm thinking, when I'm listening to the three of you and your enthusiasm, and thank you for embracing my introduction of the word fun, I I knew you would go for it. What's interesting to me is we hear so much, and Kirsten, you must come across this all the time, you see questions uh, maybe on Quora or on, on other social chat rooms, and people say, Oh, I don't have time for a social selling. Social media does not fit into my day. How much time will it take? How many minutes a day do I have to do this? And I'm listening to the three of you, and I'm saying to these people, Dang, you're just missing the point. You're missing the boat. If it's something you have to schedule in eight minutes a day or four minutes a day, you haven't done it yet. You haven't experienced it. Am I right on that one, Kirsten? Oh, yeah, I think people
4: need to understand, and people have very important roles. You know, they, they have things, you know, goals that they need to meet, and they have um, KPIs that they have to achieve, and they have things that they have, you know, deliverables that have to be done, but they can um, make those experiences more rich. They can be more successful, um, not always, but there is that potential to be more successful with by using socials to have a better, well-rounded view of what's happening out there in the world. We talked about listening and how important that is and being curious about what's going on out there. Because if you're just constantly sharing, you know, your own messaging, um, that doesn't necessarily resonate with the people that are, that are out there. And You need to listen and make sure that you know exactly what's, um, what's happening out there. And if you're, so if you're not taking that time to spend the time to listen you're missing the boat on on how you can be so much more engaging and so much more relevant to your customers.
1: And I'm looking at an article here. I Googled how many minutes a day should salespeople spend on social media, and uh, one of the articles came up. Social selling in 10 minutes a day from HeinzMarketing.com. Learn oh. how to be a whiz on social media and close more deals. To answer all of the questions, and you know, you're reading this blog, let's look into how to do social selling in less than 10 minutes a day. Wow. And then I have another article on SalesHandy.com, a blog, how salespeople should spend the first and last 30 minutes of the day doing social oh my goodness successful time management for dummies also also addresses this we're just going to leave this one alone i need a break but before we go to break hillary carter you know what's next we want to get personal up close and personal a little bit where are you calling from i hear that accent hillary i hear those little i just hear it i think you're in canada somewhere are you from canada definitely
2: i'm definitely in canada where canada my cottage which is uh in Halliburton highlands very close to a, a Algonquin Provincial Park in Ontario, and it is—it's just been a gorgeous summer.
1: I'm looking out at our lake and uh, having a terrific two weeks here with my family. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us. And the big question is, what are you drinking right now, or what are you planning to drink after the show, Hillary? I am. I'm not very exciting. I'm. I'm still drinking my morning coffee, but I wanted to use that as a an
2: opportunity to to mention. Uh, a post that I happened to see on social media that it was all about the cup and what's in your cup. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I'm going to tweet it out so everybody can see the image, but I came upon an image um, that I had never thought about. Um, you know, the glass is half full, the glass is half empty in this way. I consider myself a glass half full kind of person. And this image really caught me because the image says the glass is always full, whether it's half Water, it's also half air. And so how we look at the world is completely our decision. To see the glasses full all the time is really to see that even if it's only air, there are opportunities to refill it. And uh, I'll share that. I'm going to tweet that out. But um, my glass is low on coffee but full on um, air <laughs> right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> like Lake in
1: Haliburton <laughs> Highlands. The glass is always full up here. On air. On air. Okay. Thank you very much. Full of air. Uh, We used to use that term on eBay, Hillary, when they would have a sale of zero posting fees or zero, whatever they used to call it, the, you know, the uh, putting your ad on. And some of us who were, that's what I was doing full time when I was between jobs years ago. You'd stay up till three or four in the morning until you were ready to either throw up or pass out. And you would post selling air or selling the same item 50 or 60 or a hundred times just to get that rate locked in. And then in the morning, After you recovered your equilibrium, you get up and you put the actual items into those ads. Once you posted the ad, you were locked into that special overnight zero-fee rate. So in the old days, (laughs) selling air always resonates with me. Thank you, but I digress. Let's go to Sherelle Robinson-Brown. Sherelle, where are you calling from, and what's in your cup today?
3: I'm calling from Pennsylvania right now. I'm in Upper Dublin, but I was born and raised in Philadelphia, Um, so I'm very close to the Newtown Square office of the FAP.
1: And what are you drinking?
3: Um, what's in my cup? So I'm drinking um, a brew of loose-leaf tea called Dragon Fruit Devotion. Um, mm. Just a little while ago, Tivana had brick-and-mortar stores. This was before they got absorbed by Starbucks. But when they were still freestanding, I used to buy one of their delicious blends called Dragon Fruit Devotion. Um, it's an amazing tea. It's a bright red color when you make it. And I sweeten mine with the German rock sugar that they sell in the store or they used to sell in the store. I actually purchased my weight in the tea before the store near me closed, and so I have no <laughs> idea what I'm going to do when the tea is all gone. <laughs> I've never heard that one occasions.
4: before.
3: Sherelle, <laughs> I we... Think we... special occasions, <laughs> and I thought today would be great to have it. Um, I like to drink it cold, so when I brew it, I stick it in the fridge, and when I'm ready to drink it, I just
1: pour it over ice, and I'm ready to go. When you said you purchased almost your weight in tea, we all know what tea what tea weighs. It's like air. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of tea. Okay, any anybody, even if you're uh, even if you're Twiggy at at eighty five pounds, that's going to be an awful lot of tea. Oh my goodness! Thank you very much, Sherelle. and Kirsten. Where are you today, and what's in your cup?
4: I am in St. Jacobs, Ontario. You may be able to hear the train whistle behind me. Um, there's a tourist yes. train that comes here on a Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. Um, very, you know, old-fashioned steam train comes by through here, and I have to live just about 100 meters from the track, so <laughs> you might hear that in the background. Um, I am drinking a—I forget what it's called exactly, but it's a berry sangria tea from from Starbucks. Uh, it's cold. It's, um, tight, it's slightly sweet. It's got some berries and some oranges in it. It's—it's it's fantastic. Uh, I discovered it the other day when I went to Starbucks with my mom and uh, I (laughs) had to go back and get another one this morning.
1: There you go. We know what the good stuff is and we know what we need in our lives. Thank you very much, all three of you. I'm drinking, as Kirsten knows, Hillary might remember and Sherelle doesn't know, all they let me have is non-caffeinated beverages on radio show days. I think you figured out why, Sherelle. So I'm drinking cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug. I actually have a cool, clear straw. It's a beautiful day here on Long Island. We have had heat, unbelievable. It was 111 degrees real feel about two weeks ago and yesterday. It still must have been over 90. The plants are suffering a little but the day today is glorious blue sky not a cloud to be seen and i'm happy so there you go and i'm especially happy speaking with hillary carter sherelle robinson brown and kirsten Boylow you're listening to us live here on social selling king content accelerates the sales cycle and don't forget the context that's our double hitter today so don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial we will be right back 75 seconds you can count them starting right now justin
0: Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business, social selling with game changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Social Selling with Game Changers.
1: Here we are. We're back. We are talking social selling. We're talking social listening, social biz, social media, all that good social stuff. Stay curious. Stay creative, whether you're the content creator or the recipient. Always look for something new and interesting that will help satisfy a question or a need for your business or just for your personal curiosity. Form relationships, become loyal, and find out who the good content context creators are and follow them. It's so easy. Now we're going to talk to Hillary Carter at Intune Community communications. Let's see where we're going to start the roundtable. I think we already know we've started the roundtable about 20 minutes ago, but let's go into a deep dive on some of the terrific content topics that my guests have sent me in advance. So Hillary Carter is going to talk about social listening and digital quotient. That's a new one for me. She says, people with a high level of digital quotient, you knew we were going to call that the DQ, are actively engaged on social media networks. They demonstrate a willingness to listen first engage second, collaborate third, and fourth, to implement necessary changes to products and processes. Let's stop there. Hillary, why don't you elaborate, please?
2: Yeah, I think so much uh, of the leadership discussion as of late has focused on emotional quotient and the importance of that attribute in uh, business success and organizational behavior and how we can motivate and inspire teams. But I, I also think that there's a new a component that's really necessary for organizational success, and that is to develop individuals' digital quotient and to enlighten people about the opportunities that exist on digital networks like social media, Uh, but not uh, exclusively to social media. All kinds of uh, digital innovations are really important to keep on top of. But those who are willing to familiarize themselves with new processes new tools particularly uh, mobile based applications are going to outperform people who are less willing to embrace the new and the different and so leaders in particular who demonstrate high level high levels of digital quotient are better able to attract top talent to their organizations. They're better able to retain the best talent. If they lead transparently on digital networks, if they praise their employees, if they share their passion and purpose on social media networks for their businesses, if they show why they're really excited, Uh, they're they're deemed to be more successful leaders if they're communicating transparently. I think one of the best examples I can use of someone with a high-level of digital quotient who's having Mm -hmm. a lot of fun is Richard Branson where he's fully embraced the tools of today. He's communicating across all the social networks. And he's leading with passion and purpose. And he really, truly is one of the most renowned uh, social leaders that uh, businesses can look to as a template, as a model of someone who's just out there having a great time and building their brand every day and really, truly digitally savvy. And so that's the, uh, that, that's the concept that I'd like people to think about. Are they taking the necessary steps to develop their company's digital quotient and their leadership digital quotient, their sales team's digital quotient? Are they teaching them um, social selling techniques like social listening, like uh, using great content to appeal to their audiences and to build their communities in a very positive and relevant
1: way. Thank so you Hillary, it. very interesting. You know, uh, you know he had a terrible accident last week. Did you hear about that Saturday? No, I did not. Yeah, he, that's he, he I'm on was on holiday. I've sort of just, Okay, you know, he was uh, he's okay. He's okay. Just a little bloody and bruised. He was uh, biking on a regular real bike, not a motorbike on a mountain cliff somewhere, and he he uh, hit a bump, a little Rock, a pebble, something in the roadbed, and the bike went over the cliff and he went splat. And there are, if you take a look, there's some pictures of him looking not too gorgeous right now, but he is fine. So let's do a shout out to Richard Branson, I yeah, hope. You absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Talk and, about and being you know, daring and Yep. Curious, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's.
2: Uh, I'm really sorry to hear that. There's. Oh, I've. There've been some biking accidents, cycling accidents in my family, and it's really. It, it's such a. It can be a really devastating uh, thing to happen, um, and I. I admire his willingness to share. You know the bumps in the road, literally, and the falls, because everybody experiences some kind of accident from time to time. But it, it, it's important that everybody gets back up again. And leaders who share sometimes personal tragedies on social networks uh, really help build trust and they help make emotional connections to their community. Uh, One leader, he's the head of um, TD Ameritrade, Tim Hockey, has been very open about some of the painful uh, moments in his life, uh, the loss of a child. And returning to Baltimore uh, for the first time since it was Johns Hopkins University that uh, first diagnosed his, his child's uh, terminal illness. And leaders who can share their pain and their, their humanity, it's not all about Necker Island and swimming with the turtles. There are a lot of bumps in the road, and that's what, what connects people, um, the ups mm. and the downs. It, 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 I think social media can fail to present a full and complete picture and we're only sharing the positive. So I'm really thankful that you told me that story, Bonnie,
1: about Richard's bump in the road. Thank you very much. Sherelle Robinson-Brown, love to have you join the conversation. What What do you think about DQ, Digital Quotient, and, and who would you nominate for top of the list? Any thoughts on that?
3: I don't have anyone I would nominate for top of the list, but I did want to um, kind of segue off of what uh, Hillary said about the emotional connection. Um, I think that's very important. Um, And when you talked uh, before the break about how many minutes per day you were supposed to use to do social selling, I think social selling is so effective that if you spend that 10 or 15 minutes per day or the 30 minutes before and the 30 minutes after, you're going to get hooked because it's an effective practice. So psychologically, when people have that emotional connection, it kind of manifests into passion. Then it doesn't become work anymore. It becomes second nature. And and very organic. So then you go back to my quote where it says passion is one great force that unleashes creativity. And if you're passionate about something, you're more willing to take risks. And I think that risk-taking is stepping outside of your comfort zone and kind of going into a realm. If you're not familiar with social selling or social media, some people are a little intimidated by the technology. I think this all connects in that arena. And I'll keep it short because I know we have a bunch of topics to go
1: No, over. that's fine. I'd just love to uh, – would you consider yourself to have a high DQ digital quotient, Sherelle? I bet you do because you're in, into design thinking, you're into gamification, you're into social selling. So what would you think? Let, uh, let me ask you what you think of your own DQ, and let's just quickly get a yes or no from Hillary. So what do you think, Cheryl? How would you rate your own digital quotient? I think it's very
3: high. I, in fact, just had a conversation with my husband about cutting some of the social media out of my life. Um, (laughs) So I can concentrate on some other things. So I think Facebook is going to go bye-bye for me um, in a little while so that I can focus more on social selling and social listening. You know, you get very inundated with keeping up on social media, but um, I think from a career perspective, I'm going to focus more on the social selling piece and less on the fun piece. Um, because social selling is fun and, and
1: Facebook is, is sort of a distraction. So my digital quotient is very high. Very, very high. It's too high. I I like what you just said and thank you for sharing. We just got an emotional and human connection with you, Sherelle, because you shared here on the radio show something that is a real issue for a lot of people. How do you prioritize? How do you spend your time? What's important, especially if you're in the business and you have to be on social? How do you spend that time and how do you keep the quality of life? Thank you for sharing that. Kirsten, we've got a lot of interesting comments here. What are you thinking about DQ and making priorities?
4: I think I love that phrase, digital quotient or DQ. That, that's amazing. I really think that that speaks to um, a, a level that we can actually start to maybe even apply some numbers to, and maybe we'll use it somewhere in and with an SAP. Um, I, I think it's a really interesting way of looking at how people are engaging, and it goes beyond platform. It goes beyond tool. It it really speaks to. You know the the how, the why, the relationship building, the emotional connection that you're making with your customers in a digital world. Uh, I, I think it's a fantastic way to to really talk about that um, that way of connecting with people.
1: Thank you very much. I bet you'd rate your social, your digital quotient, your DQ, Kirsten, probably as high as Sherelle's and Hillary's. Yes. <laughs>
4: Uh, probably yes. Probably, I definitely yes. like to do a lot of listening. Um, I tend, even in my own life, I tend to be more of a listener than um, you know, always engaging in the conversation. Uh, I like to listen. I think it's such an important thing. You learn so much by listening, and then you, when you do speak, um, and you don't have to speak all the time to be effective. If, when you do, if you do your listening right, you mm-hmm. when you speak, people are going to listen because. What you have said or are going to say is very, very relevant and engaging and educational for, for the, the topic
1: at hand.: Very good point. And DQ, this, yep. this is
3: Cheryl. Go When you say DQ, it makes me think of ice cream. so now I want ice cream. <laughs> dairy queen.
1: <laughs> da- I knew it said familiar dairy queens, there goes the tea, all the tea, right there goes all the value of the T. What can I say, Hillary, I just want to know. Is there a scale of one to 100, or does it go higher on the DQ? Is there a numeric scale just quickly, Hillary? What do you know about that?
2: Well, I I honestly don't think your DQ can ever end. I found that it's a constant uh, investment in time and and keeping that level of curiosity going to try to keep on top of all the digital innovations out there. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think the scale is uh, fluid. I think it keeps moving. I'll give you an example of a new... um, Uh, technology that I'm trying to keep on top of, which is blockchain technology, the Mm -hmm. technology behind Bitcoin. And that seems to be exploding onto uh, our business world and, and holds a lot of possibility to disrupt many industries. And so I feel it's important to try to understand what's happening. So I've had to... Uh, move a little bit beyond social media channels and dig into some of the blockchain uh, technologies and it's a constant um, commitment and a DQ, whether it's understanding social media, understanding how Snapchat's affecting business, it's a daily commitment. It is not a one-time uh, study, I have to say. Thank so you. It, I
1: find it a struggle. To keep up am going to I'm going gonna, gonna to give all three of you, if the scale was 1 to 100, I'm going to give you all a 99.9, and we'll just leave that alone. Sherelle <laughs> Robinson Brown, I'm ready to move on. We are, wow, we're, the clock is racing. I'm racing against the clock to fit in a lot more, but we're covering so many interesting topics. As Kirsten knows, we don't always stick to all of our notes here, and it's just a conversation. So, Sherelle, I'm looking at your notes here, and I'm going to bring in three points you sent me, and have you link them together any way you want. Number one, you talk about using storytelling as a content strategy number two you talk about gamification as a content strategy obviously for the point of driving sales and number three you talk about using design thinking not dq but dt to create Mm -hmm. content so why don't you link those three storytelling gamification design thinking i'd love to hear you give us just just a two-minute overview of of is either or any of the one of those more important than the other or do they all come together in great content
3: Thanks Um. To, uh, thanks so much, Bonnie. I think the design thinking is the one that is pivotal. Um, it's not more important than the other, but it helps feed into the storytelling and the gamification piece. For instance, storytelling or storyboarding is a um, key phase or process in the design thinking methodology. So that's what you do. You gain the empathy, the empathy we were talking about, that emotional connection. Um, it's piecing together your content strategy, beginning with a persona, talking about a day in the life of your persona, and that's your stakeholders or your customers, Um, and then curating content around that persona. It gives you a storyline or a red thread that helps you, the creator, gain a deep sense of empathy for the consumers of the content. So this will result in facilitating information that's truly relevant to the user. So that's a piece of the design thinking puzzle. Gamification is also a piece of the design thinking puzzle where it manifests itself in the ideation phase. So making um, a strategy or taking a task or accomplishment and making it fun, putting incentives around it. Um, If you're talking about salespeople, they need a certain level of competitiveness to make them successful. So incentivizing a learning process or integrating a reward system around task completion and other accomplishments, it just makes the content intake more exciting among salespeople. And it makes the process of learning and doing fun. So the design thinking process, that's that's how it connects the gamification piece and the
4: storytelling piece.
1: Thank you, Sherelle. Kirsten, a lot of interesting information there. You want to comment? Do you have a favorite? Design thinking, gamification, storytelling. What's your favorite way to create great content?
4: I think design thinking really stands out as a great way Mm -hmm. to, to to. to be creative, like be curious and then be creative with how you create content, how you distribute content, how you set up the context of the content. I think it really sits in the kind of the, 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 the core of how uh, content is then, um, you know, all of those phases, the creation, the distribution, the context, all of that kind of stuff. It, design thinking really fits at that core of that, that space.
1: Thank you, and let's turn to Hillary Carter. Hillary, agree or disagree with all of the wonderful information that Sherelle shared with us? I completely agree with Sherelle, and I I am fascinated
2: by the concepts of gamification, which I know very little about. So I I believe there's there's a great example where DQ needs to uh, improve to better understand this really interesting tool, which I believe gets to the heart of making content fun, engaging people, um, and, and telling a story in a really fun and creative way. So I love the concepts, and I really think that they can be more uh, widely applied for, for business success. I think ex- there are exciting tools out there
1: to be embraced and leveraged. Thank you very much. And now we have just time for one more topic quickly. Kirsten, I'm looking at your notes here. Let's tie it all together with a big red ribbon. You say content, customer experience, and the cloud economy. We've got three Cs there, Kirsten. I don't know if you intended that, but I like it. Content, customer experience, cloud economy are all tied together very closely. And you say in the cloud economy... Forrester says the customer experience is going to significantly impact the decision-making process. So, Kirsten, why don't you tell us about all those three Cs coming together in that great big cloud and, and how does this relate to what we're talking about today, which is great content and context. There's another C for us, context.
4: Kirsten?
1: Well, and, and
4: curiosity and creativity as well. Right? Oh, I'm going for the whole alliteration.
1: You're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they all—all all of those C's really fit
4: together because um, you need to be curious to create creative content. There's another C, create um, that uh, that you know that content that elevates that customer experience in the cloud economy. It, um, with the uh, software as a service, you need to constantly be developing those relationships with customers. It's not a one and done thing anymore. It's not that traditional. Um, I sell it in you know, 2016, uh, and I you know, don't go back to that customer until you know, 2018 when there's an update to that software, and we need to um, get them all updated. They, it is a subscription service now, and so you need to develop those constant relationships with those, per- with those customers, and you need to be very creative to keep them engaged, to keep them learning, to keep them um, Always education, educated about you know new developments, uh, new ways so they can take advantage of the software, new um, new thing, new problems that they can solve with the software. You, you know that kind of thing. It all it comes. It all becomes part of. When we're, especially when we're talking software and B two B business generally, uh, it all comes together in that that whole um, all of those different C's. They all really fit well together.
1: All right, here's my tweet. Kirsten Boyleau on hashtag SAP Radio says, hashtag social selling. Success requires five Cs. Hashtag content. Hashtag customer experience. Hashtag cloud. Hashtag creativity. Hashtag curiosity. Did I get them all, Kirsten? <laughs> I Did I get them so. all?
3: <laughs> can, you add, can you add curation because that's how it's all implemented at the end? So maybe it's 60. That's true.
2: That's true. <laughs> I got it. I, you can, what's you can it?
3: Add,
2: it's Hillary. We can add commitment as another thing. Ah, theme. yes. I Perfect. thought of
1: collaboration too. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe yep. we
3: put the infinity symbol and then C, because we can <laughs> just come up with a bunch of C's.
1: I'm I am so so out of Twitter. Come. I'm, Characters here. I'm I'm at minus 21 already. <laughs> <laughs> all right, equals the C's equals. I'm just going to put this down: content, customer experience, cloud, creativity, curiosity, curation, commitment, collaboration. I'm going to have to. I'm going to get rid of uh, collaboration because I just can't squeeze it all in. Uh, let me see. You know what? We are. Oh my goodness, we're already into the crystal ball predictions round. The clock tells me that means I can give you each 60 seconds. Please keep it tight, ladies. Hillary Carter, look into the crystal ball at Intune Communications and. Tell us, how far in the future do you think something will change? King content, God, excuse me, God context, and will we have something that supersedes the king and the God? I don't know. We've already had Bill Gates weigh in on this. We've had Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk weigh in. Who's going to be the big guru who gives us something else to look forward to in terms of the mantra of content? Hillary Carter, Prediction, 60 seconds, go. Well, I think there's a lot of room uh, to
2: maneuver for businesses and and business leaders to make a um, a move to the top in this space. The playing field is still wide open. And as we go through time and and have more data that demonstrates that all of these activities that we've been talking about today uh, generate consistent business results, we'll see more players and we'll see uh, individuals and, and corporations demonstrating authentic brands and their individualities, and it will make this space more robust and more interactive, and we'll just have a, a whole vibrant ecosystem of, of communicators and listeners on social channels. So I'm positive that there will be more players there will be a more vibrant conversation. There will be more collaboration. And I think the, the environment will become much more competitive to see who the real true leaders are, what the best content is, who's the most creative, who's the most authentic, and who makes the emotional connection successfully.
1: Thank you very much. Oh, connection. We didn't have connection, emotional connection. (laughs) I'm going to have to kill off commitment. Sorry about that. I'll Mm -hmm. retweet it. Okay, let's go quickly to four minutes to close. Sherelle Robinson-Brown, we'd love to have your predictions. 60 seconds, go.
3: Okay, so if I had a crystal ball, my predictions around the topic of social selling and content would be that we would actually have the ability to master um, the practice of producing king content for social selling. So, obviously, in the next five to ten years, the environment is going to be even more virtual. Um, And so we're going to have several new, more innovative ways to listen to what our audiences want. This is going to make us more accurate in our assessments on relevant content. And then I think this future technology could be in the form of some sort of magic app that you can input data and it will curate content that's accurate to the situation. So the convenience of the
1: app gives you autonomy with curating the right content at the right time. I love it. There's an app for that. Somebody had to say that, Sherelle. I guess I had to be the one. And Kirsten Boyleau, <laughs> talk to me. I've got 60 seconds. What do you see in the crystal ball this time, Kristen?
4: I think as we move forward, I'm not sure I'm going to set any particular date, but just as we move forward, customers are are demanding now and, and will be even more demanding in the future of content that really is... Um, you know, very educational, but also engaging. They don't want a dry uh, product brief. They want, you know, give me some something that I can engage with. Give me an emotional connection that I can build a relationship on. That's what they want. They want to interact with us. They don't want just dry content. And, and as we move forward, I think that demand is going to get higher and higher
1: and higher. Thank you very much. Demand and higher and higher and higher. I think we flew the balloon very high on this very energized and very interesting conversation. Delighted to speak with Hillary Carter at Intune Communications and Sherelle Robinson Brown and Kirsten Boyleau at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Shout out to, let's see, we've got Justin Jackman on the board at World Talk Radio, keeping us on the air. Thank you, Justin, for your hard work. And let's see what we've got. I think it's time for, oh my goodness, it's time for my call to action. So ladies and And gentlemen, wherever you are listening to us around the world, here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. If you want to see some of the great tweets and the fun time we've had here on our own social media, go to Twitter, put in hashtag, that's a little number sign if you don't know what that is, the pound sign, put in S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O and you can follow the conversation. Everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow right here on World Talk Radio, business channel with... What we have tomorrow? Coffee break with Game Changers, live, 11 a.m. Eastern. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.